What's up, everyone? This is the Red and Yellow Kingdom podcast. I'm your host, Scott, joined by Rich with your average everyday Chiefs talk. All of our episodes are available on all major podcast platforms. Just look or search for the Red and Yellow Kingdom podcast, as well as you can search for us on various social media pages such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So this episode, we're completely going off script. We're not doing any kind of, you know, uh, stats or... Uh, if we do do stats, we will actually just, you know, put them out there, but we're not going to do like an order like we normally do. So we're, me and Rich this time, we're just doing something freestyle on this one. So um, first of all, I know a lot of people have heard this and they're going to continue to hear this. It's been the phrase since last night, um, but uh, I got to share it because it's, this is an awesome quote by Andy Reid, but he you know, obviously he says when it's grim, be the grim reaper. And that's exactly what Patrick Mahomes did last night. Um in a fantastic game, but uh, I guess starting out, um, kind of our uh, discussion here for this uh, this uh, episode. What would you rate that game as far as um, best game you've seen? Uh, maybe best game you watched all times. Is the is the best game you ever seen for the Chiefs game or like a Chiefs game? Like, what, what would you think, Rich? Man, I'm, I say that may be the best game I've ever watched all time in any sport. Um, mm-hmm. Sucks that it wasn't a Super Bowl, you know, because you always wanted to be the the one for all the marbles, the one that takes all the cookies. But, man, that was a heck of a game. Um, it had everything from a, the best, most, almost perfect elite quarterback play to, I mean, even though the defense has got torn up there at the end, especially in the last few minutes of the game, um, it had some good defensive play here and there mm-hmm. um coaches were on point up until well one of them was on point the whole game up until uh, and then the other one wasn't let's say they're at the end so it was just i mean it's one of those games where you have everything you have good offense good defense uh i wouldn't well maybe i guess you have good special teams in some way but yeah i mean i can't think of a basketball game um um you know with that's been that entertaining um, and, you know, especially like playoff basketball, there's so many games in order to win the series that kind of kind of muddies the water on the best game. But even soccer games, I've watched some intense games that are amazing. But this just it, it takes it all by far, especially because of those last couple of minutes in the fourth quarter, the last 13 seconds. And then obviously what happens in overtime. So, yeah, for me, it's the greatest game of all time. The Chiefs now have two of, I would say top five games in NFL history between this one and the Rams game on Monday night. Um, so, yeah, what about for you? So, uh, I mean, hands down, I mean, obviously I was there last night and it was just, uh, <laughs> which we'll obviously talk about, but the 25 points in the under two minutes in the fourth quarter was just insane. Like you're going back and forth and back and forth. And um, obviously we're seeing the best of, uh, you know, two of the quarterbacks that are really good in the league right now um, and Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. But, um, you know, I had to think about it for a minute. You know, obviously you're in the moment and you think about it afterwards. Like, ah, that's great. You know, I've, I've never been to or seen a game like that. And it, it has to be number one. Um, I do think that even though, um, you know, that Texans game we had a couple of years back in the playoffs, we had to come back down, what was it, uh, 24 points at some point, um, you know, there in the first quarter and coming back and taking the lead before halftime. That was up there too as well, but I think as far as the competitiveness um, of both teams back and forth and seeing it, uh, I think this has to be uh, the top for me. 
But, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's just it, it's just insane, right? Like, am I? Um, <laughs> I tell I tell folks that I don't think I've ever passed out in my life, right? Whereas, in you know, you just like maybe get too anxious or mm-hmm. or scared or or any of those things, you know, or maybe you drink too much. Um, I've never passed out, like I said, in my life of anything. And when Travis caught that uh, reception there at the end of the game to get in field goal range, I right. jumped up so hard, so fast that I was like, my hands were shaking and I, everything had dark for me for like one second until like, I guess I regained consciousness. So that just talks about the emotion. Like I'm not one of those people that shake and, and get anxious and stuff like that. Right. I've got that Joe Montana, Joe cool. Or now you're, about the, you're talking about the game winner, right? Games. No, the one to get us into field goal range. Oh, and over. Okay. Right. Yeah, like that, when the, the touchdown there at the end of the game, I mean, it was a heck of a catch, but I was like, man, we've got so much momentum that like I almost expected it. It's still an amazing catch, right? Amazing throw, amazing catch. Right. But the one where Kelsey gets it, I also kind of panicked because he, he took like a few too many steps and then he decides to fall down. So I thought he was gonna yeah. try to outrun the the corner there, the safety. So yeah. um so yeah, but no, yeah, that it's just it's intense, man. Like I still I'm walking around the house saying 13 seconds. 13 seconds. Like you know how many things cannot be done. And I understand it was a lot more than 13 seconds because of the timeouts and stuff like that. But correct from a gameplay perspective, it's just insane. Well, and, and, and I'll bring it to that play because uh, I, you know, obviously we've heard the interviews and uh, and stuff from that play and even that drive. And I thought that was funny that you know Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey, you know, Kelsey told Mahomes he's like, well, you know, these uh, cornerbacks they've been playing and the linebackers they've been playing me this certain way the last few drives. And he's like, I could, you know, I could shoot off this route. I can get open. And then Mahomes, and you can clearly hear it too in the video if you haven't seen it. But Mahomes clearly tells Travis Kelsey, he's like, do it, do it. You know, it's like, <laughs> go ahead and do it. Um, so he just clearly just does the fake inside and he goes, you know, or it was actually it was fake outside, right? And then he cuts right. inside and catches it. But uh, I thought that was kind of funny that he did like a, like the do it, do it, you know, make sure he can get open. But, um, but let's talk about that drive, I guess, right? Since we're, we're kind of on that. So um, 13 seconds, right? Uh, left the game. Um, obviously, I'm sitting there and I'm just like, you know, we got three timeouts. If things go right, I mean, am I starting to be a little bit worried? Yes, I was. I wasn't as much worried when we had the ball first, uh, you know, after that score with about a minute and 54 seconds left. I wasn't score. I wasn't really uh, afraid at all. I was like, we got three timeouts. We got Mahomes. I'd rather have him on the field at that time in the playoff situation any other time. Uh, with 13 seconds, I'm sitting there a little bit worried, but I'm sitting there and saying, we got two plays. If the Bills decide to not squib the kick, which we'll talk about that here in a second, um, and they can let it just, you know, Pringle lets it go out of the end zone, we'll have two solid plays. And if we get two solid plays, we might have a chance. And um, obviously that happened. And, you know, obviously Butker made that field goal to go in overtime. but I guess we'll just kind of bring it to that point now. And that's probably the most disgusting, uh, besides another point we'll make here a little bit too as well, is that Bill's kickoff. Um, I'm sitting there thinking they're going to squib it, right? Uh, You know, there's no way they're going to give Mahomes the ball with 13 seconds. I mean, I know it's 13 seconds, but you're still thinking that Mahomes can kind of do anything he kind of want if if you can get those plays done right. 13 seconds, I, I would have squibbed it. You know, not having him, the le- the more, I'm sorry, the less time he has uh, would have been a lot better. So, I mean, I don't know about you, but I was thinking they were going to squib it. 
Well, and so, I mean, at least watching the game, I think my cousin said the same thing. It's like, just squib it. But then, I mean, with the playmakers, and I can't remember if Tyreek was back there. I know Byron was back there, but I don't know if they had Tyreek also back there or like McColl. But, you know, with, with the speed and the returnability of the Chiefs, not to mention so much can go wrong with the squib, right? Yeah, these guys are professional kickers, and they know how to play play certain things certain in certain places. But let's say one of the up band catches it, and now he's taken off. 30 yards at the field, but he caught it on the 40, and they're already in field goal range. So mm-hmm. I get it. Hindsight's 2020. I understand the squib it mentality. If you squib it, the Chiefs could automatically just to declare themselves down. Um, let's say if they catch it on a hop and it's short, declare themselves down, you don't kill time. Um, so I understood the mentality of McDermott kicking, kicking it deep, getting the touchback, because they still have to go, what is it, 75 yards? Right. To, or I guess that's well, not a touchdown. 50 yards, 40, probably yeah, something like 40, that. 40, 50 yards 50. for a, a field goal. So with the number one defense, and I get that they just got torched, you know, a couple plays or a couple drives before. But I mean, I, you know, you got to have you got to have confidence in your defense, in the number one defense in the NFL to not do what they did there. Right. Right. Now, um, how was the like, what were people thinking there in the stadium whenever um What's his name? Uh, Gary Davis. I can't remember if that's his first name. But when he catches that touchdown in an hour, 13 seconds, like what was it like inside the stadium? Oh, Gabriel Davis. Yeah, uh, Gabriel what, Davis. Oh, it was quiet. It got immediately quiet. Like it, it was just, I mean, obviously you hear the Bills fans. I actually, we actually had two Bills fans that um, sat next to us in the game. And actually they were, they were, you know, I wouldn't say uh, they were rowdy, obviously, when their, their team scored, but they weren't like, um, you know, like getting in your face or anything like they were like solid Bills fans. And, you know, we kind of, I kind of talked to them back and forth throughout the whole game. Like they weren't, they weren't that bad. I've heard some other um, experiences, some other people at the game that had some, you know, worse Bills fans around them, but those guys weren't that bad at all, but they were obviously pumped and they were like, they were freaking out. They were almost like, Oh, we got them, you know, or the kind of thing mentality. But um, I think that's as, how I was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. But the Chiefs fans, you know, us around, we were just kind of silent. Um, I was like I said I was a little bit I was a little bit worried at that time a little bit uh, more down than I was so obviously when we got that ball under two minutes to go but uh, I like I said I still thought we kind of had a little bit of hope just if things went um, the right way which obviously it did but um, yeah it's kind of one of those things like you know you you redo that all over again uh, ten times and you probably don't get that same result uh, that many times uh, what happened last night so it, it takes a lot of you know, catching it, um, going down, enough time, like just everything, right, um, for that to all happen uh, at one time. Uh, but speak, I guess speaking of when we did get the ball the previously uh, to the Gabriel Davis drive where they scored the touchdown with a minute two seconds left, obviously when we got the ball under two minutes, um, what did you think about that, uh, that nice catch by Tyreek Hill? And he didn't get flagged for taunting. What do you think about that? So it was insane, man. It's um, the play design was perfect. Playing Tyreek in a trail technique. Uh, so a lot of teams play a cornerbacks in a trail technique because they know that let's say they aren't the best at catching the ball over the top. You know, like let's say with the high throw or something like that. But the problem with playing Tyreek in that kind of technique is it's impossible to keep up with them. So the play design was perfect. Cleared everyone out. Middle of the field was open. And then his ability to just accelerate there and storm by, storm by 
three defenders, you know, giving him, giving the peace sign before he's even past them, which I thought was going to be taunting. I'm surprised it wasn't because you know how the NFL is. Right. But, uh, mm-hmm. man, it's just that speed is is unmatched. I mean, I can't – maybe Devin Hester had that speed or had that ability to get by folks the way he did. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, it's just – it was insane. So, I'm sure, um, you know, you probably felt even bigger emotion there when he, when he took that one to the house. Oh, I mean, at that point, you know, obviously – um, he scores and I'm sitting there like, and we're just all just cheering, jumping up and like, you know, kind of in the moment, in the moment they were thinking the game's probably over. The more after I settled down, I'm like, well, Josh Allen's got three timeouts. Um, you know, he, he could come down and, um, you know, do something as well. So as I calmed down, I was like, well, it was, the game ain't over yet. The way these defenses have been playing on both sides of the ball here in the last, you know, uh, even, you know, five minutes of the game, um, you know, it could, it could, they could come back down to as well. So, but yeah, in the moment there, it was a pretty exciting play because obviously Hill scored uh, a little bit right in front of us too. It was the end zone that was right in front of us. So that was cool seeing um, that as well. But um, so, yeah, the 25 points in two minutes. Um, I was thinking of this uh, today too as well when they were talking about it. And I'm like, you know, if you're playing maybe an ar- arcade mode, rookie mode in Madden, you could probably do it. If you're playing like, you know, your normal, like all pro, maybe even, uh, you know, all Madden or something, you're not going to score 25 points in two minutes. I'm sorry. So yeah. it's like, it is, is literally almost like video game points that were scored that fast that, you know, most time you could even do it in the video game, which is what I was trying to make um, sense of. But yeah, that, that's just nuts going back and forth in that short amount of time. Yeah. I mean, 154, right, is when Gabriel Davis scores that 27 yard pass, which, um, that's the one where, or well, now I can't remember. Mike Hughes, uh, uh, slipped down the one on that one. Broke? Well, actually, he I don't know if he slipped him or, uh, I think he might've just juked him out of his, he uh, broke him. <laughs> so, <laughs> he broke him. I mean, you know, like I'm a wide receiver defensive back guy or cornerback guy, man, he broke him. Like I get, he probably did slip, but he made him, <laughs> um, he made him slip. And so, uh, man, it was just a nasty route. And, you know, not having Tyron Matthew back there really uh, showed because a lot of times it was just blown coverage and people not in the right spot, right? Or assuming certain people are supposed to be in certain spots. Right. But yeah, so Gabriel, Gabriel Davis gets that one. Tyree gets the 64-yard the touchdown with, you know, a buck two left. Gabriel Davis hits that 19-yard touchdown from, from Josh Allen with 13 seconds. And then Bucker with the game-time field goal. So, yeah, all in, what, a minute 54? Mm-hmm of uh, regulation so that's just insane like you said and, and we mentioned that at the party i was at uh it's not really a party it was just a hangout but um it's like yeah you can't do that on madden i've maybe done it where you know i threw a hell mary with um with tyreek right but yeah it's, it's impossible to do what let's say that happened and um i don't know if you watch um first things first with nick Wright, chris boussard those guys but yeah i mean he said Nick Wright was like, you know, Tom Brady can't do that, right? Um, because you don't have the threat of Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey. Right? And earlier we talked about how Tyreek catches that underneath pass. It right. was so fast that I almost, like, I missed it up until he has it. Mm-hmm. And they did a great job of, of moving forward. And if it's, let's say if Travis catches that first underneath pass on that last drive to get in field goal range, I don't know if we end up making it because Tyreek Hill's speed – is what really makes the play, right? I mean, he covers right. X amount of yards and X amount of yards in a few seconds. So, yeah, it was just 
it's still to this day, I mean, to this moment, the craziest thing I think I've ever seen in a football game. Like that was bigger than the, what do they call it? The Music City Miracle when, uh, again, the Buffalo Bills mm-hmm. and the Tennessee Tennessee Titans, Frank Wycheck and uh, Derek Mason did that lateral on the kickoff, right? So, uh, so yeah, just crazy. I mean, the Buffalo Bills are always on the wrong side of a miracle. So it, it, it's interesting, too, how, um, you know, I, obviously I haven't heard a whole lot about Gabriel Davis. I mean, if you're a Bills fan, you know him, like, you know, pretty good. And if you obviously have him in your fantasy team, he's done pretty well for you this year, too, as well. But it just it boggles me that he's the one that just goes off on us. I mean, Stephon Diggs has uh, three catches, seven yards. Um, you know, Dawson Knox has been, like, uh, Josh Allen's Travis Kelsey had two catches for nine yards. Uh, Manuel Sanders had one catches for 16 yards. And then they're one of the most uh, speediest guy on the team, like Hardman, uh, Isaiah McKenzie, didn't do hardly anything at all. So, I mean, outside of Cole Beasley, he had some catches here and there. And then <laughs> Gabriel Davis dominated us like uh, 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 Jamar Chase a few weeks back, pretty much. Uh, it's just it's insane that he kind of kept going open. But um, you know, credit to, you know, Josh Allen and, um, you know, finding some good routes for him to get open and him actually even making some plays too as well. I think he had obviously had a credible game um, too for that. But um, yeah, what are your thoughts bringing back to obviously Honey Badger? I think he, he went out, was it the first drive I think the Bills had? Um, it went out early with that concussion. Um, moving forward, uh, obviously we'll talk about the Bengals uh, Chiefs AFC Championship game this week. But um, how much do you think that hurts us? Because I think that hurts us a lot um, going into that game. But um, hopefully he's able to play. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that, that one definitely sucked. I mean, I just talked about his importance in regards to just his presence from a strategical perspective and making sure everyone is lined up, you know, making sure everyone's accountable, you know what they're supposed to do. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I hope in whatever fashion, you know, he is able to, to make it back because we're going to need him. Right, I mean, you just told us that Jamar Chase tore us up a few weeks ago, and we were still in the game. And, and sometimes that's kind of how defense works, right? Our mentality was not to let was to not let Stephon Diggs do anything, and he didn't. Right? I mean, his numbers were uh, three catches, seven yards. His longest was a five yards, right? And he had six targets. Right. Um, you you made another guy really step up and um, you know beat you, and I mean, he he almost did in Gabriel Davis, but. Yeah, so, I mean, Tyron Matthews' availability for next game is huge. Um, outside of, you know, obviously the the three big big timers on offense with Mahomes, Hill, and Kelsey, Tyron Matthews might be um, – one, he, I think he is the most important player on defense because of what all he does, but um, he might be the fourth overall most important person on this team. So, yeah, definitely need him back. And I hope, the, you know, the doctors and – and Tyron Matthews, you know, bloodlines and genes are so strong that concussion doesn't last, you know, but a few days. Right. And obviously an update on that too as well. I mean, obviously um, Andy Reid was just saying that he's just obviously still in the protocol and he's kind of just going through it. So obviously, um, you know, he just says kind of see how it goes going forward. So sometimes, I mean, we've seen it where, you know, players can obviously recover it in a few days. Um, and play the next week, but there's also other times where some players can go one, two weeks without playing. So uh, we'll just have to find out and, you know, we'll kind of bring you guys uh, the update, the latest update we have later in the week um, as far as his availability for uh, Sunday's game. But, yeah, I mean, he's 
obviously you saw um, some of those plays that obviously some of those touchdowns, I think they were actually over the middle there. Um, and it's just that they struggled or we struggled with that middle area coverage um, ever since he was out uh, for the game. So uh, definitely a big loss. So hopefully he's back for a championship game because uh, we definitely do need him. So, um, but uh, yeah, I, we'll have to, we'll have to see what happens. Yeah. I mean, so now I got a question for you since you uh, had some uh, good ones for me or you brought up some initial thoughts, right? So let's talk about the quarterback play of both of these quarterbacks. Let me read you some numbers. Josh Allen was 27 of 37, 329, four touchdowns, no interceptions, two sacks, uh, longest touchdown or longest pass was of 75 yards, 136 quarterback rating. You have Patrick Mahomes was 33 of 44, 378, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, also two sacks, Longest um, pass was of 64, 123.1 rating. But I forgot one important stat for both of them. So they both look like prime Michael Vick out there. Josh Allen was, uh, he rushed 11 times for 68 yards. Longest was 14. Patrick was 7 for 69, a one touchdown, and a 34-yard dash being his longest. So talk to me about your thoughts on the elite quarterback play between these two guys? Well, first of all, I'll mention, this is throwing out stats here, uh, I'll mention that it's the first time in NFL history in a game where both quarterbacks had 65 yards or more and led their team in rushing. Uh, they both had three touchdowns, no turnovers, pass, well, passing-wise. Uh, and then also they both uh, had a quarterback rating of 123 or more with 300 yards or passing or more. That's never happened in NFL history, whether it be playoff game, regular season. So that's as impressive. Um, as far as their play, incredible. Um, you know, I know a lot of the media uh, is really on Josh Allen right now, and he's he deserves all the credit because uh, he he can do a lot more things. I want to say a lot more things. He's a little bit bigger body than Mahomes, so he can obviously, when he's running, he could probably knock someone over. But um, and he also he also has a huge arm too, right? Um, but I, I think sometimes when it comes down to this, I think Mahomes gets lost in translation a little bit because uh, I know that uh, it's always like the the next biggest guy that people love talking about, right? Uh, and, and that's and that's Josh Allen right now. Yeah, but what's new, right? What's the new hot thing? What's the new thing? But and I agree that Mahomes ha- does have more weapons than Josh Allen. I mean, it, he does. Um, Obviously, you know, Allen's got some guys that can make plays, but uh, Mahomes has the stars on his team. But that doesn't really, you know, to me, it doesn't really put into perspective um, as far as, you know, how Mahomes plays. And he's now he's been in the four AFC championship games in a row. Um, So the people that are out there that still think that Josh Allen right now is one and Mahomes is two, I think I think it's just crazy. But um, but they're both great, and I do I will say this now. Um, after the three games that they I think they've only played each other three games now, at least in the last two years, that um, I can say now that uh, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen is the new Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. I, I think without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, and, and just off pure skill, not only are they, I think, so they're a different quarterback, right? The new quarterback. Nowadays is much different than Peyton and Brady, but they're just so much more exciting. Some of those Brady versus Manny matchups were so so cerebral that 
if you weren't a, a diehard football enthusiast that understood a little bit more than what you were watching, you'd be like, yeah, these games are boring, right? But these guys make it fun to watch, even if you just started watching the Chiefs or the Bills last year, you know? So, yeah, I, I'm right there that Josh Allen probably has to be feeling like, dang, what do I have to do to beat this guy? Um, and, yeah, he got him earlier this season. But like you said, right, It's it's been two regular season matchups and two playoff matchups. Patrick is three to one. Um, and like you said, talking about his Josh Allen's rushing ability, the guy is a truck. Uh, he's like a big Mack truck coming at you. Maybe not as uh, slippery as Patrick Mahomes is because, man, that kid, when he avoids pressure and, and some of those little shoulder drops that he does are so intense. But um, Josh Allen is definitely, like you said, right, somebody that, that'll, that'll, you know, he's got some running ability. And then his arm, it's as good of an NFL arm as, as there is out there. If not, you know, definitely one of the top three to four um, arms out there. But then Mahomes alone, some of the throws he made, remember that one where he did that little shortstop looking, um, which, I mean, I know you're at the stadium, so maybe the view wasn't, uh, it wasn't as good as it was on TV. Mm-hmm. So just that little side hop, side arm throw. And the, it looked like the ball curved when he threw it. And I think Jared McKinnon was the one that caught it. Um, and that was just – that was an, an insane throw. The one to Tyreek to hit him in stride so that he is – you know, it doesn't slow down. He hits full speed, was perfect. The throw to Travis uh, so that he catches it again, right, and is is in, is in motion so that he can pick up as much yards to get in field goal range. And then, you know, that jump ball – back shoulder throw that he throws right at the end of the game. It was just an absolute, what do you call it, majestic, whatever kind <laughs> right. of fancy word for perfection and and awesome and amazingness. Um, and, yeah, like you said, it's between these two guys, it could be the future, you know, better than and more fun to watch than Brady and Manning. Uh, but the cool thing is, you know, now he's going up against Burrow, who is, um, you know, also fun to watch. So, you know, the little gauntlet, the revenge tour, as we've called it, is going to be nice to watch. Yeah, and um, so kind of what you mentioned about that that sidearm pass, I did see I just didn't know it was that close because it looked like he got it, like, literally almost like the linebacker's hand. I mean, he, he oh, threw yeah. it, like, right. I mean, that was just an incredible play. I. I knew he sidearmed it. I just didn't know it was that close until I got at home and I watched like, the highlights. You've watched that movie, The Matrix, right? Yeah. You know how I guess there's a part in there where he like curves a bullet. Mm-hmm. It looked like Mahomes curved the ball, which I mean I know it's possible, right? Being a soccer player, there's a certain way you hit the ball and it curves. But yeah, just the the defender jumps up and it looks like Mahomes curves the ball. I mean he doesn't. It's his arm angle. But yeah, it, it was just so close. Like man, if the if the uh, defender was a, I don't know, a, a 400 pound man whose arms are much bigger, probably get that. So, yeah, it was insane. So, um, and that's something, and I think that was what someone was saying too as well. I don't see Josh Allen. What I know, Alva, he is like as great, or he can do a lot of different things. I don't think he can do those kind of plays that Mahomes does. The left hand throw, um, those, you know, those that, that play you saw uh, yesterday. Those kind of things I don't see him making. He does it in other ways that maybe Mahomes obviously doesn't do. But like I said, in their own ways, they're both great. And even though I think Aaron Rodgers is probably going to win MVP this year, um, I, I just think it's without question how well great season he has. Definitely 
going in the future, I think as far as on the AFC side, we have the five best quarterbacks in the league, whether it be Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, and Justin Herbert. I think the AFC is in great shape. It's going to be very fun to watch um, in the next 10 years. These guys going back at it, back and forth, um, you know, fighting over the AFC, going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we're, we're definitely lucky in the NFL's uh, in good hands with those guys. So speaking of good guys, how about Andy Reid's play calling um, basically throughout the whole game? I mean, from, from that screen pass um, there late in the fourth quarter, right, to get the ball moving um, to obviously – the, the two calls there at the end of the game to get in Fogo Reigns to tie it to what happened in overtime, just going down the field and winning it. Uh, would you say, for me, this is one of Andy Reid's best games, or even with the even versus Pittsburgh, two of his best play-calling games that I've seen of Andy Reid? What, what do you think about Coach Reid's display of offensive play-calling? I could say that too because there's a lot of Chiefs games that were sitting either I'm sitting there at home or I'm sitting there there in the stadium and I'm like what the heck did he just call that for? Um, you know, prime example, the um, was it the play from the Steelers game last week where you had Hardman and Terrell uh, Williams on that uh, uh, that option play or whatnot and it didn't work out. But no, I, I totally there with you as far as all the play calls we had seen uh, throughout the game. I thought was was on. It was I don't know I don't know what you could say it was just, it was just great. I I thought he just made all the kind of plays that we needed to make, and it wasn't like a lot of fancy plays too. More of it was so much, um, really good. Except the play that I wanted to talk about earlier, and actually it's good time you bring me about bringing it up now is about the that Blake Bell play, which I still don't get <laughs> at that point. Um, I know they ran that same play against the Bengals. Um, and it, you know, obviously it worked, but you knew Andy the, Reed was gonna was gonna do one of those at some point. I mean, you knew that, but I just thought <laughs> I just thought how close the game is, um, and we need at that point it would have been nice to score a touchdown there, but obviously we got three points there. But um, I just didn't understand it. Like you took you took the uh, ball out of the best player you have on the team and even in the league um, with about. You know, I can't remember. What it was I think it was like ten minutes to go in the fourth quarter. I mean, in a playoff game, I, I just at that point, I just didn't get it. How how close and tense the game was. Um, I just didn't. I just didn't know a reason why he did that. I mean, uh, maybe you do, but uh, or maybe you have a better uh, example why he did it. But like you said, he'll pull up those plays. But I just thought at that point in the game, I thought that wasn't the right move to do. Yeah, I'm old school. So um, when Blake Bell motioned under center. I thought he was just going to sneak it, right, because we need a yard. I'm like, if we don't get it on this down, it'll be inches, and we'll go for it on a quarterback sneak or something like that. But, no, yeah, I've, I've been, I'm have i always one of those people that don't get why coaches overthink things. But, I mean, that's Andy Reid, right? You got to live with the good and the bad because there was a lot more good, um, not only in this game, but, you know, overall his career. Yes. Um, And, and kind of, you know, talking about play calls, um. Patrick Mahomes did not complete a pass over 20 yards. Obviously, there was that huge scamper by mm -hmm. Tyreek Hill, but he took it, um, you know, if it was a, what, 64-yard touchdown, he took it 40-something yards or maybe even more. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and that just talks about Andy. You know, I mentioned it last episode or two episodes ago that Andy Reid changing 
his West Coast style roots, you know, quarterback under center, play action, quick routes and all that stuff, how he's changed and evolved into the perfect play caller for Patrick Mahomes um, is, you know, that's what coaching is all about, right? We have so many coaches that say, here's my style. You have to fit it. And if you don't, then, oh, well, then I guess I'll live by it and die by it. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, and I'm literally looking at Patrick Mahomes' passing chart. Um, Not one single throw uh, over 20 yards. And I can't even remember if there was an incompletion that he attempted over 20 yards. No, and it, and it made sense why he did it. I mean, obviously the Bills are playing the two high safeties, same kind of defense they played against us, same defense they played against us early in the season. So it made sense that most of all his throws were under around those yardage because, I mean, you're kind of just, you know, whatever they're giving us, we're going to take it kind of philosophy. Yeah. And that's coaching, right? That's mm-hmm. coaching to say, Here's kind of what I, you know, I've always done in my career. It's what he did in Philly, um, you know, with all kinds of quarterbacks, McNabb, Vic, Kolb, um, you know, a few of those guys. And then with Alex Smith um, and Patrick Mahomes in his first few years, so adapted so well. Um, and I would say that if Eric Bieniemy doesn't get a job, you know, after that game, or even let's just say we win another Super Bowl, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know what else the man has to do to it because – it's not just Andy Reid, right? I mean, yeah. everyone talks about how influential Airbnb is um, and his his product or, you know, his resume or whatever his biggest cheerleader is, is the product on the field. So, yeah, I mean, it, teams that are hiring, you know, the Matt LaFleurs and whoever works for Sean McVay are, are passing up what sounds like another brilliant coach in Airbnb. Rightfully so. I, I really hope he lands um, a job here soon. And, you know, hopefully we'll actually get like a nice topic on that here soon enough after the season's over. But, uh, yeah, that to be to be continued. But I do think that if uh, we ultimately do win the Super Bowl, like you said this year, like what else is the man going to do? <laughs> uh, you know, be an offensive coordinator and probably one of the greatest games people have seen in so long, if not the greatest game. Uh, what else is he got to do? So, yeah, I totally agree with you with that. Uh so real quick, um, I know that uh, obviously there's the flip side of things. So obviously, if um, you know if you're if you're looking to reverse and the Bills won this game and uh, you know the Chiefs lost, yeah, you could point to that Blake Bell play being one of the reasons. But also, was going to get into is uh, Butker had a kind of an off night there that. <laughs> Yeah, now, and, you know, I know obviously there was four points that we left off the board, including the one uh, field goal right before half and then the extra point he missed on the first touchdown we had in the second half. But, you know, missing the field goal before halftime, I was actually, you know, at that point I was okay with that. I mean, obviously kickers are going to miss field goals, that kind of stuff every so often. I I get it, you know. Um, But after watching what a lot of these kickers have done in the other three games, which we'll get to as well this, this past weekend, um, it just was like, ah, you know, kind of wish we would have had that. We would have went up, you know, 17-14 there at halftime. But then when he misses the extra point um, off that first touchdown in the um, second half, then you're just like, oh, man, that's – it literally just re- reminded me of the of that Titans-Bengals uh, game. Like I said, we'll talk about that um, left four points off the board. So what were your thoughts on that, that, you know, you have a really great kicker, but, you know, he just missed a couple kicks uh, yesterday. Yeah, I mean, and, and they weren't terrible misses. I mean, they were, you know, wide by a little bit, right? So, 
that just means mechanics are just a tad bit off. Um, I mean, in, at the end of the day, right, he hit it when we really, really needed it, made up for his mistakes, just like when a wide receiver drops a pass or a quarterback throws an interception. Um, thankfully, he was able to fix it, put us into overtime like he did in that AFC Championship game versus the Patriots. And uh, this time we were on the right side of that coin toss, and we got the game. So it sucks, without a doubt. I think we're we're all crying about him missing those because, I mean, you never want points coming off the board. But, um, you know, sports are a game of mistakes, and if you have enough time on the clock, you get redemption. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and actually the only other thing that um... – because we've covered a lot here from the Chiefs game, and there's there's probably so much more I could talk about too as well. But uh, uh, the only other thing I kind of wanted to mention was um, how much did you miss Tyreek Hill on punt returns? Because I thought, you know, it, it, it's funny because they kick it to him, right? And he makes like a huge like 10-yard goings back and, you know, kind of cups up the field um, toward the left side of the field, and they call it a flag. So then it was obviously on both sides of the ball. Um, and then, um, they, then they re-kick it to him. I'm like, you're going to re, I didn't think they're going to re-kick it to him. I thought they would just kick it out of bounds the second time he grabs it. And I'm thinking like, and he sees an open space and I'm just like, oh man, I think he's going to take this back. And he almost did, which, uh, give credit to the, um, punter, right? give credit to the punter, uh, because he cut back in. If he doesn't cut back in, uh, Tyree's going to go on clearly on the outside and he's going to, he's going to return it. But that was, uh, that's always fun them throwing Tyreek in there and doing punt returns. I didn't know how you felt about that from home, but well, and that's even go back, right? Go back right before that play. Remember that's the one where Reed uh, makes them kick it again. Yeah. And I remember, you know, talking to my, to my cousin and I was like, no man, you, you make them kick it again because so many things can go wrong, right? They can, you know, botch the punt. We could block it. Um, and then on the plus side, yeah, I get that you could drop a punt or muff it. But then again, you've got Tyreek Hill. You gave him another chance, and he takes it back. And, you know, you broke down um, him not being able to score there because the punter does a good job of catching up. But um, if you haven't watched Tyreek Hill's or listened to Tyreek Hill's post-game interview, he talks about that, and he's like, man, I'm getting old. Uh, he's like, I, I don't do things like I used to. Because mm -hmm. a few years ago, I would have taken that to the house. Oh, yeah. But it was pretty funny. It was, you know, Tyreek was very animated. Um, he said that. Um, so, you know, he, he obviously danced around and stuff like that, and he was gone on that one, gets caught up. But on his touchdown, um, you know, he does the peace sign. Um, and I thought we was going to see that on the on the punt return. But he had a touchdown celebration planned, and Patrick Mahomes told him not to, you know, because because uh, <laughs> of the taunting penalties and stuff like that. But, yeah, right. it, was, it was cool to see Tyreek Hill back there. And, again, you know, what a decision by I, – I would love to know if it was Andy Reid that told Dave Tobe to throw him back there, um, or if it was Dave Tobe that came to Andrew Reed and said, hey, this is the time for Tyreek Hill to go back there. Um, but either way, it was just, like I said, it just talks about Andy Reed's ability to to be a great head coach. Um, earlier today, I don't know if um, you listened to, there's a podcast out there called the GM Podcast. Uh -huh. um, you know, I recommend it for everyone. It's kind of unfiltered. Um, and... Guy used to, used to work for the Raiders, used to work for Al Davis, and for the Patriots and Bill Belichick, um, Michael Lombardi, which, yeah, he's like the great, great nephew or something like that of Vince Lombardi. <clears throat> but he talks about how, you know, the McVay, no, not so much of a guy, but the LaFleurs 
Um, all these other guys that call plays all the time without kind of having a lot of head coaching experience and how they – so let's say LaFleur specifically. His special teams was terrible, and that's what cost the Packers, you know, the, the game there. And then you've got, you know, Michael LaFleur so worried about offense because analytics tells him that special teams doesn't really change the game because that's such a minimal impact. But then you have Andy Reid, a guy that's – been head coach, you know, at the highest, at the lowest of points, you know, was around Mike Holmgren, a couple great, you know, guys that he learned how to be head coach. And that was a great head coaching decision to say, pun it again, if he agreed to Dave Tobe's recommendation of putting 10 back there, um, you know, that just, again, it's kind of like a lost start. The Belichicks, the, the Andy Reeds, the John Harbaugh's, those are the guys that are head coaches all around. And although Andy Reid does call plays, he's still very, very mindful of the entire team setup. And, yeah, I mean, it was just great to see Tyreek back there because it changed the game. And I'm sure the stadium was pretty hyped when that happened. Yeah, and I think they'll continue to pretty much put him back there when they need certain situations, especially in the playoffs as well. So, um, yeah, I, I thought it was pretty exciting putting him back there. And I, it definitely gets the crowd riled in that point in the game too as well. So hopefully. Um, you know, we'll see him, you know, maybe in another spot in the championship game this weekend, too, as well. But uh, I think that's just pretty cool when they put him back there again. All righty. So, like you said, right, we could sit here and talk all day about this game. Um, but, you know, we got to eventually give people their lives back. Um, although I'm sure they could hear us for the remaining <laughs> week talk about this game. That's it's true. That epic. But, um, you know, the, the last topic we'll discuss and it's a trending topic, not only on all social media pages, but I'm sure in every office, every household, but the overtime rules. So in current setup, the, you know, both teams do a coin toss, whoever gets a, whoever gets first possession, if they score a touchdown, they win the game. If they do not score a touchdown, um, let's say they, they kick a field goal, the other team gets a response or gets the ability to, to respond by scoring a touchdown or tying it. Obviously, if they neither of them score, you know, you just it's basically sudden death after the first one, right? Um, in 2018, when the Chiefs lost to the Patriots, uh, kind of in the same way that the Bills did, Clark Hunt went to the owners' meeting the next year and suggested this rule change that there should be something else done. Both teams should get a chance to get the ball and try to score. Well, the owner shot him down, shot him down unanimously. Bills owner was one of the, you know, people that voted against it. They basically told him, you know, you're crying, you're being a crybaby because your team lost the coin toss to the Patriots. Tom Brady, you know, wins a game on the on that first drive of the game. Well, now the tables were a little bit turned and um, Chiefs had all the momentum, win the coin toss, go down and score. So obviously it was in our favor this time. It hasn't been in our favor before. But what are your thoughts on all the NFL's current structure of overtime rules? So um, I know we've actually had this topic in the past too as well. I know, and I know it's big again, so we obviously we'll talk about it. I'm going to go back one further for you on that. Um, 2017, uh, February 5th, 2017, Super Bowl 51 with uh, Tom Brady, uh, Patriots against the Falcons, right? Matt Ryan was the league's MVP that year. Uh, and if you don't recall, obviously, Falcons were up 28-3, um, and the Patriots came all the way back uh, to tie the game, and it goes to overtime. Well, um, 
the MVP that of that year in the biggest game of the year and probably the biggest sport in America loses the coin toss and never ever gets to see the field in overtime and they lose to the Patriots. Um, so there was that aspect um, as well as the one that, you know, you, we kind of mentioned and obviously Chiefs fans, we know about the AFC championship game from three years back um, where we lost the coin toss. And we never got to see um, play as well, or, or sorry, in overtime as well. So here's my thing. Um, and I even mentioned this, obviously, actually we brought this up about the Chargers Chiefs game. And I was kind of for that. I think both teams, should um, get at least one possession, uh, whether they one first team scores a touchdown or field goal, the other team should at least you know get a chance to at least tie whatever. Um, or if they didn't get anything, to at least at least get an opportunity right to score. So um, it's funny that um, it's a big topic today, and I understand why it is. But um, I'm kind of more now. All these things have been coming out that um, you know, obviously, all those teams voted against it. And I'm like, so now all of a sudden, since it's not the Chiefs that have it, but these other teams are having these issues, so now it seems to be a big deal. Um, you know, and the other thing, too, is like the Bills had the number one defense, right? And if you can't even stop a team with 13 seconds, I just don't understand why now it's a big thing that uh, it should be changed. Uh, you know, so I'm kind of back and forth on it. I mean, I just – I still ultimately – I guess I'd say in my heart or in my football uh, brain, I think they should have both teams should have it. Um, but I just I don't see it being changed. I don't because it's just um, it's just the way the thing uh, the way the football set up. I just don't see it being changed. What about you? Yeah, so I think it will be changed because every Mahomes is is so great, and this happened to Seth Curry, LeBron James, Lionel Messi. You know, just great players, right? Tom Brady, Michael Jordan. Anytime that greatness is just winning all the time, people try to find ways to slow them down. I mean, just, you know, talking about how teams play defense against the Chiefs to um, Tom Brady not being able to be touched, you know, after a few or after an injury, right, or not being able to be tackled by a certain point. So I think that it'll be changed if it's not as soon as this year, it'll be soon. The college football setup, I love it. Um, you know, they they kind of they make you go through stages, or it's almost like obstacles, or different levels, I should say, because you have to do certain things after a certain round or whatever you want to call it. But yeah, I mean, in my unbiased opinion, if over if they want overtime to be a hundred percent fair, both teams should get the opportunity initially to score, right? Whether it's Right. Team that wins a coin toss, um, you know, they score a touchdown, so then the other team gets a response. Um, I was reading something about, I guess, John Harbaugh and the Ravens suggested, um, which is kind of cool. It, 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 and, you know, John Harbaugh has, like, the biggest analytics department in the NFL. Something about where the team that loses the coin toss gets to pick – or I don't know how – let me see how this is. Team that wins the coin toss gets to pick – if they want to defend or, you know, play offense first with the caveat that the team that loses gets to pick where they start from. So, mm -hmm. you know, if let's say, for example, yesterday, the chiefs won the coin toss are like, we want the ball. Well, the bills say, okay, well, you're going to start on the one, you know, your own one yard line. Um, So that's kind of cool, kind of interesting. Cause there's very strategical setup to that. 
But I mean, I think just follow the college rules. You know, I know I understand the NFL has a better kickers, better quarterbacks. But even if they did something to where, forget the kickoff. You know, they they have already been trying. The, the kickoffs are basically useless now. Just start at like the up. You know, your own forty. And if you're gonna get in field goal range, you gotta go like 10, 15, 20 yards. If you're gonna score a touchdown, um, you have to, you know, obviously go uh, 60 yards. So, and then like every level around that both teams score, you move them back another 10 yards. Um, I think that makes sense. But yeah, I mean, um, I think from an unbiased opinion. There should be something where both teams touch the ball. But I feel very vindicated that the Chiefs tried to change this. They were called crybabies. You know, I think people were – I think some of the owners were even making fun of Clark Cry. Everyone's making fun of Mahomes, the Chiefs. They're crying about, you know, losing to Tom Brady. And full circle, you know, we're on the good side of that now. We won the game. I think if the Bills win the coins, I think they win the game. Um, but, yeah, so who knows? I think with greatness and – people's ability to want to make the game harder for them to be great. I think a real change will probably come this off season. So let me ask you this. So why is it that it's a big deal now than it wasn't then? And we're talking about, we're talking about only three year, three year difference. I see that it takes to have one of the best games of all time in the end of the game to make that change or to think about making the change. But just like you said, remember when um, I believe it was, Oh no, it wasn't Clark Hunt. It was Lamar Hunt that he wanted to have an extra team in the playoffs. And it took so long for that to get added. And it finally happened last year. Um, and they laughed at him for that too. So, um, and that was that was the Chiefs idea way back when to get that extra um, team in the playoffs too as well. So it's just, it's interesting that it takes like years after the Chiefs originally have some of these ideas for it to finally happen. But it's, you know, it's like I said, it's just, um, it, it's odd how, it, it all it's a big topic now, but when we look back three years ago, just like nobody was for it. Yeah, and I think it's just because Mahomes has been dominant in the playoffs. And like I said, people are always just trying to make it a little bit more even for everybody else, which that's not even, right? If you got one player that's doing amazing, low, you know, you're you're almost lowering his healing so that everyone else can come up. And at the end of the day, they didn't stop him in 13 seconds, so Right, they deserve to lose. So yeah, that's true. All right, so kind of just a uh, we'll, we'll kind of end here with the uh, other games of the league, um, and then we'll kind of have a final topic too as well. So, um, so the other three games we had, obviously, we had the Bengals and Titans game. Uh, and the Bengals won nineteen sixteen uh, with the um, field goal there at the end of the game. Um, then obviously the Niners winning um, their game thirteen ten. Um, in the snow, kick the field goal, win the game there. Um, then also the Rams winning 30-27. Once again, another field goal uh, to win the game. So obviously all the games this weekend were walk-off wins. Uh, the other uh, said games were all field goals, and obviously our game was a touchdown walk-off. So um, as far as the other games that were this weekend, which all were great, probably one of the best uh, weekend in NFL history, um, if not, like I said, the best game we had yesterday with all the games being super close back and forth. What was the game probably surprised you the most out of the other games uh, this past weekend? Well, what's funny is, um, you know, we talked about how we were, we're going with the Bengals. We're going with the Packers, but we wouldn't be surprised if the Niners won. 
Um, you know, I can't remember. Did you pick the Rams or the Bucks? So we picked uh, the same exact teams again. Oh, okay. so we picked the Rams. I, I thought so. So mm-hmm. we both went to the Rams, and obviously we picked the Chiefs. But so I think the one that surprised me the most was the Rams and the Bucks because the Rams got out there early, and it was a blowout, right? Now, if right. you go back and watch, um, you know, breakdowns by the experts or the critics, whatever you want to call them, say that, that you know, that Tom Brady needed help and he was getting beat up and, the, you know, there's that one hit where Von Miller hits him and busts his lip. Um, but aside from aside from you know a few instances, the Rams dominated the game. Now I do understand that they're at the end. They had some fumble issues. You know that one at the one yard line. They get an interception, and then they fumble it right back. But that's the game I think that surprised me the most, just on how dominant the Rams were, right. not only on defense but you know Matt Stafford. That's why they made those trades for him. Um, so to me, that is the game that surprised me the most. But um, like even the Niners, right? I think the Niners game went exactly how I wanted it to go. Mm-hmm. Even though I, I, you know, I picked the Packers to win. I just didn't think Rodgers and Lafleur would stink it up as much as they did. Right. Um, so actually, I'll, I'll end with my Packers and uh, Niners thought because that'll kind of lead into the last discussion. But uh, so uh, I'll talk about the other game we didn't talk about is the Bengals and Titans game. Um, obviously, now Chiefs fans are rooting there for the Bengals. Um, you know, they get to win the game. So obviously we'd have that AFC championship game um, home at Arrowhead. But um, that game was kind of interesting uh, just because it seemed like the Bengals just couldn't put the Titans away. Like the, the Bengals were, were there throughout the most of the game. and just was like, it just seemed like they could never put them away. But you could kind of say the same thing for the other games as well. But um, I was just kind of shocked how close it was in the end. Um, it looked like the Bengals are probably going to, obviously win that game probably by two touchdowns uh, there to start the game. But, yeah, just like the other ones, it came, but came down to be pretty close. But um, then I, I actually can't remember. I don't think uh, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, I mean, still had, Chase still had a, over 100 yards, but um, he didn't have a, quite the game that I was thought he was going to have against the Titans. But um, obviously Derrick Henry um, had an average game, I'd say, for him being back, even though he did have a touchdown. But uh, going back on that, I thought that was um, obviously the game that we were watching as Chiefs fans, um, seeing what would happen in that game. But I thought that it would be a lot more um, more of a blowout for the Bengals' purpose on that. But um, as far as on the Packers-Niners game, um, that one, actually, I didn't get to see all of it because actually I was coming on the way home on the way in the second half, so I didn't get to catch the end of it. But um, as far as watching most of the first half, it really was kind of weird to how the, the Packers were just letting the Niners hang in that game. I I would have thought it would have been, you know, not as close as it was for some reason. I know the Niners have really good defense, but their offense is kind of sometimes can struggle getting points. But especially with the cold weather game where I think, if I remember correctly, that was Guapolo's first ever game uh, below zero. And I think Rodgers had like 42 games below zero because obviously he plays in Green Bay. But um, so I just I just didn't expect it being that close. But when the Packers let the Niners hang around, hang around, hang around all game long, um, you know, it's always going to be bad news, something like that when you're playing at home, having a week off in that bye week. So um, but yeah, so obviously the Packers or so Packers end up losing that game. And which now brings me into uh, final discussion for this episode. Um, so now with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, people are thinking that's just probably his last game with Green Bay. 
what do you see his future? Do you think there's some way that he comes back next year, um, whether it be a, or a, sorry in Green Bay, uh, is it another team he might go to, or do you think he just retires? Yeah, I mean, I guess I could see him retiring just because, you know, the NFL with their COVID vaccine and stuff and how Aaron Rodgers feels about that to, um, you know, I mean, he's, what, 39 years old, if I'm not mistaken? And how much is he willing to adapt to a new setup? Um, but, I mean, the guy can still play. Um, we know that. I just – I don't know if mentally he cares about football like he used to or if it's as fun. I mean, he's not Tom Brady. He's always been a little bit more casual about it um, than Tom Brady and, and his Mamba mentality. Like, so I think, you know, we wait another week or two, see how things go um, in the Aaron Rodgers saga. But, I mean, if at this moment I had to give you an answer, I would say he is no longer a Green Bay Packer, and that's what I'm going to go with. Yeah, I think so too, just because of – one season, I think, does not, um, you know, basically recover from all the things that he's kind of gone through there in Green Bay, whether them never drafting, um, you know, some players for him on offense, some weapons in the first round uh, throughout pretty much his whole career being there, uh, just his relationship with the, you know, ownership and management there. It just, it just one season, I think, doesn't, you know, replace that or the things that he's been through in the past. So I'm kind of right there with you. Um, it's hard for me to see him playing on another team. I, it really is. But, you know, kind of was hard for me to see Peyton Manning playing on a different team, but it happened, right? So, um, you know, ultimately, I think he, I think he's probably just going to retire. I don't, I think he's done with Green Bay. Um, I think he's just probably just going to retire and end it like that. That's ultimately what I think. But um, obviously we'll see more in the, upcoming months and not only him, but, um, you know, Tom Brady as well. So, because he said he wasn't, um, you know, for sure what his plans are, but I think he said that the last few years and he still played pretty well. So he might come back, but, um, as far as Rogers, I definitely think, uh, he'll probably ultimately retire, but we'll see. So with that being said, that is all the time we have for today. Just check back with our preview of the chiefs Bengals AFC championship game here later this week. Uh, as we will also talk about the NFC Championship game between the Rams and 49ers. So thanks again for listening. Don't forget to follow our podcast and go Chiefs!